You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Another church for, uh, well, church leaders, those in ministry, and the likes, those who run missionary, oh, missionaries, mission fields, and all of that stuff. Yeah, so it's been an amazing three days so far. Um, I hope you had an interesting day as well. Very quickly, we would deep dive into God's word. May I ask that you just hold the person sitting by you, just hold their hands and let's pray. Would you kindly just speak a blessing over that person you're holding and ask that the Holy Spirit will speak to them tonight? Would you thank God for grace? It is a privilege. David would say that I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. We don't take it for granted that we are here. We don't take it for granted because we could have been anywhere else. To be honest, we could have been resting. But an encounter with God is usually not announced. It's not written in the skies, you know. It just happens suddenly. And God, things don't happen by chance. God divinely orchestrates things. So there is something that he has brought you here to, to hear. There is something that he has brought you here to engage with. There is someone he has brought you here. More importantly, he's here to meet with you. So may I ask that you just declare over that person you're holding, pray for your brother, pray for your sister tonight, that everything God has prepared for them that they will receive tonight, they will not leave the same way they have come. They will not leave the same way they have come. The presence of God is the place where we exchange our burdens. It's a place where we exchange, you know, our situation. And we take on the yoke and the burden of Jesus. So pray that they have come to that place of exchange in their minds, mentally, that there will be a shift tonight. That there will be liberty, even in their spirit man. They will be released into the fullness of all that God has prepared for them, even as they listen to him speak tonight. As they receive instructions, that their hearts are enlightened as they receive instructions that their burdens are lifted, as they hear from God tonight that their lives will be transformed, that their walk with God will go deeper, that they will be encouraged, that they will receive the comfort of the Holy Spirit, that they would enjoy the ministry of the Holy Spirit in a, in a different dimension going forward in the name of Jesus. Our Father and our God, we thank you tonight for strength. We thank you because we know that you are here with us. We thank you because you have prepared for us. And as such, we have come to feed at your feet. We have come to feast at your table tonight. We ask, Spirit of the living God, that you will take over, take over my lips, and help me speak, help me make utterances in line with the agenda of God tonight. I declare that every one of us here will be blessed, including myself, that we will not remain the same in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen, amen. Awesome. Let's do this very quickly. Okay, so this entire month, for the benefit of those who are, who's someone who's just worshiping with us for the first time today, we have been discussing the Holy Spirit. How many people have had an interesting uh, February so far, learning about the Holy Spirit? Yeah? Okay. A few hands. Uh, I need to tell PI that we need to run the series again. 
No, but for real, how many people have learned about the Holy Spirit? Something you didn't know before. And then, my next question, how many people have begun to experience the Holy Spirit differently? Yeah? How many people have gotten baptized in the Holy Spirit this month? Anybody received new tongues? So I remember when I was uh, in uni, there was this whole thing around, um, okay, actually not when I was in uni. Uh, yeah, I was serving in a church and I remember one of the days, my team, we were having a meeting and some people were talking, so these people are like way older, they have been born again like forever from the womb and all of that. They are not like those of us that took a walk, you know how it is, you are walking and then this, the path is straight. But you just do a detour. Yeah, some of us did a detour for a bit. These people were straight, straight and narrow all the way. Anyway, and then they were talking so excitedly, and somebody was talking about someone that they used to know, some of, so one former church member. And now that it is the same tongues the person has been speaking since then, then, is still the same tongues he has been speaking, like what, over 22 decades now. The tongue hasn't changed, you know. And it was, it was very, it was quite a serious conversation. It was not play, it was serious, like, but why? The same ba 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 It's still the same ba 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 The person is still saying, you know. And for some of us, that, okay, these people, you know. But I realized that fundamentally what they were, what, what they were trying to express was, look, the operations of the spirit with you should, should be changing. It should be improving. It should be getting better. You should be having new experiences. You should, you should be having new encounters, essentially. That was what it was. Your tongues should change. That's the truth. Your tongues should change at some point. The reality is as you, I don't know how many of you experience it, but as you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost for quite a while, it's almost as though you're, when you start praying, it sounds as though you had one just praying then at, at some point, you know it's the Holy Spirit praying through you. But at some point, you start to hear yourself say things that are beyond you. You start to, you, the kind of tongues that come out of you, you know that it is not you, clearly. I trust that as we go on, the experiences that we have enjoyed, the encounters, the deep encounters that we have had, will remain with us in Jesus' name. Because that is the life that God has called us to. With God, the best of him is never in the past. It's fresh every day. We're served fresh. But it's up to us to position ourselves in such a way that we can receive, in such a way that we can engage and enjoy these fresh experiences because that is what he wants for us. So uh, we will be wrapping up on our conversation for the week. We will fi would, um, finalize the series on Sunday. Pierre would be teaching. But tonight, we want to discuss how the Holy Spirit helps us. So Pastor Pa already started some parts of it when she spoke about the gifts of the Spirit last week, Wednesday, for those who were in service. But today, I'm just going to talk about different ways that the Holy Spirit helps us. And then uh, we would use the life of someone in the scriptures that I um, admire so much. So... Um, I'll read very quickly from John chapter 14, from verse 26. It says, but the Holy Spirit, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. 
the amplified version refers to the comforter as our counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby, whom the Father will send in my name, that's Jesus speaking here, in my place to represent me and to act on my behalf. Because Jesus was leaving his disciples here and it was very important for him to sort of, um, for want of a better phrase to use, replicate himself or leave himself behind. But he, his physical state had to be taken away. And so he says to them, look, the person, all that you have enjoyed with me, all that you have had access to by reason of my being here with you, the promise of the father, because the father had already promised that he would send someone to replace Jesus here on earth for the benefit of the disciples. So he was essentially assuring them that, look, all that I did for you while I was here, I comforted you, I counseled with you, I advocated on your behalf. You drew strength from me as your standby. There is someone else who's coming to do this in my place because I go to my father. So, from that scripture, we see that one of the primary responsibilities of the Holy Spirit to us as children of God is that he teaches us all things. That's from um, verse 14. He be, he's the spirit of truth, and he teaches us all things. So, I refer to him as our resident tutor because he resides in us. It is his responsibility to make known the truth to us. Now, we live in a very misguided world. We live in a, in a world where there's a lot of talk around truth. There's your truth. There's my truth. There's our truth. And all forms and versions of truth. Okay? But there is the truth, which is Jesus Christ. There is the truth. And the Holy Spirit makes known this truth to us. So regardless of, regardless of all of the forms of truth that exists, regardless of what we hold true based on our personal experiences, based on our past, based on what we perceive of the state of the world, of the state of the economy, of the state of, I don't know, whatever it is that we have held true, there is the truth and it is the responsibility of the Holy Spirit to make known this truth to us. And that truth is hinged on God's perception. It's hinged on God's thoughts. It is hinged on God, the way God views the world, the way he has designed the world to operate and also designed us to function in this world. So our truth as children of God cannot be outside of the truth. Our truth has to be embedded, it has to be taken from, the source of our truth essentially is the truth, which is Jesus. So the Holy Spirit, it's his responsibility, one of the ways he helps us is he guides us into the truth because he is the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is Jesus Christ here on earth in his absence. So he leads us into truth. He takes a situation and reveals God's perspective of the matter to us. He helps us with our thoughts. He helps us with our words, which eventually translates into actions. So he works on our spirit to ensure that we are rightly aligned 
with God's plans and purposes. That is why he is the spirit of truth. Now, in that same scripture, Bible says that he brings all things to our remembrance. I remember um, back in uni then, there was this thing we used to do. So you are reading or you are studying at night. If you went to a Nigerian university, you typically know that, yes, you, you study at night, you go to class and all of that. I don't know how you guys, I did not study abroad. So. But anyway, you go to class and, well, with all the mosquitoes and stuff, you attempt to study. Sometimes there is light, sometimes there is no light. But somehow you study. And so while reading, you probably get stuck. And I remember my friends and I then, we used to do this thing of, so you take a break. After you have been staring at the books for a while and it's looking like it's not entering, you take a break. About 30 minutes break, you go and come back. But what we used to do then was just go and we just pray in the Holy Ghost. You just get up, you take a walk. And all you're doing is you're just praying in the Holy Ghost. You're just praying in spirit, just praying. Because we understand fundamentally that the Holy Spirit is our resident tutor, he's our teacher. If the Bible says that he brings all things to our remembrance. So here, what I'm doing here with this particular scripture is essentially just making it very practical. Jesus said he brings all things to our remembrance. Now, in the context in which that scripture was, um, where, where Jesus spoke these words, he was speaking to his disciples that, look, I have been with you for a while. I have taught you. I have fed you. I have counseled you. I have filled you with wisdom. I have shown you how things are done. I have healed the sick in your presence. I have raised the dead. I have taught you how to pray. But perhaps you or perchance you find yourself in a situation where it is looking like you need to pull out of you. The Holy Spirit is available to help you remember the things that I have said to you. The things that I have taught you. The things that I have shown you. He will make known to you. And so we took this scripture literally and ran with it. That as I sat in class and heard the lecturer speak. That as I read my books. The Holy Spirit is bringing things to my remembrance. He's bringing that, those analogies used to my remembrance. He's bringing those you know, examples, those, uh, the things that the lecturer said. He's bringing them to my remembrance. So as I go back to the book, I'm going with fresh eyes. And I'm seeing things differently. And I promise you, it works all the time. I still do that till now. When I find myself in a challenging situation, I just take a break from it. Whether at work, at home, whatever. I take a break from it. I'm trying to do a business deal. It's, not, it's just seeming like a brick wall. I take a break from it. I step aside. I go and pray, and then by the time I come back, I have strategies. It might even be the same thing that I've been doing before, but right now I'm doing it, but with understanding. I don't know how many people can relate. I remember uh, my sister friend here, Pastor Folusha, shared with me sometime how that a, a, one, of our, one of our staff members, one of our employees said to her, oh, Ma, you pay, it's amazing, you pay so much attention to detail. She was, you know, she was cracking up. She was telling me, that's as in, some time back, that was so not me. That wasn't her at all. She was the, the least, 
when, when it came to paying attention to detail, she would not, you know, probably rank the first 10 or whatever. But that had changed, and she could attribute the change to the workings of the Holy Spirit in her life. So, the Holy Spirit helps us become better. The Holy Spirit brings things to our remembrance. For real, try it. You come back and share the testimony, I promise you. He brings things to our remembrance. I remember working somewhere at some point and then there was, a, there was something relating to like a fraud thing and there was someone who had then just mysteriously disappeared. We were looking, so, looking for some files and it looked like I was going to be in trouble because I was supposed to be supervising this person. And I just took out time. I didn't even know how to pray the prayer, to be honest, which will, will take me to my next point. The Holy Spirit helps us to pray. I didn't know how to pray because I didn't know that this person had just, you know, made away with company files. I just knew the person wasn't available. And it's, I don't want to be spooky here because I don't want to, every time I come here, share anything spooky. But it was a thing of, you know how it is that you lock up the safe and then nobody has access to it. And then like you come back and then you can't just find something that you kept in there, that kind of thing. And you are almost certain that you did not misplace the key. You know how it is you watch movies where you keep your key and then before you know it, somebody has come in the space of less than a second, taking the key, duplicated it with one machine. And you know, I knew that the person was not that deep. So all of that could not have happened. But somehow, we couldn't find what we were looking for. I was super worried, but I just took out time to pray because I did not know what else to do. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. When your back is against the wall, he shows up because that is the promise of the Father, that I will not leave you comfortless. That every time you need help, that is why the Holy Spirit is our helper. That wherever it is that you need help, he shows up for you. He does that which you cannot do by your own physical strength. P.I. said that to us when, we, when he taught on the superpower. He says there's a place that you need to get to, or there's a place you get to in life that your physical strength, we are attempting to do with our physical strength what only the Holy Spirit can do for us, what the anointing of the Holy Spirit can do for us. Anyway, the issue was resolved. We found the files miraculously because the person came back. Reminded me of, you know, them home video. The person didn't come back with their back, but the person came back with the files. And, of course, the question was, how did you get the files? Anyway, messy story, but the files came back. Company funds saved. And I was protected and preserved. The Holy Spirit always helps us. But you see, he would only help those who reach out for help. He would help those who engage. Is it in marriage? If I ask Pastor Felicia to start to share how the Holy Spirit gives us ideas, wisdom, the things that we want to do in our own understanding that would have used to destroy ourselves and the, and the marriage, in a bid to show that we are right, the Holy Spirit will calm you down. Guys, I'm being real here. I, I, if you were expecting any Jim Jim teaching, I, I'm sorry. I hope nobody is disappointed. But I have to show you practical ways that the Holy because the Holy Spirit is not a high-faluting, high-sounding, very distant 
person that we cannot relate with or we cannot access. He's as real as what? The next person sitting to you. He's that real. He's that real. But it's up to you to engage with him. It is, it is up to you to recognize his presence and what he can do for you, what he can do with you. Because he has an assignment as promised by God. But you see, as with a gift or as with a relationship, when they ask you out, you can say yes and you can say no, right? When the Holy Spirit shows up, it's up to you to receive him, to receive his presence and his ministry ultimately. So the Holy Spirit empowers us. It's one of the things that he does as well. In Acts chapter 1 verse 4, it says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. One of the responsibilities of the Holy Spirit is to empower us, to endue us with power, to give us um, power that we, makes us do the things that be, are beyond the ordinary. The Holy Spirit makes us extra. And that's the truth. He makes us extra. The theme of this month's series is actually extraordinary. We live beyond the realm of the ordinary. That is because we have the Holy Spirit. I want, to just, I want us to look at the story of someone who enjoyed this extraordinary um, relationship or manifested the extraordinary. So 1 Samuel chapter 16, the story of David. So here we see Samuel, the prophet. God says to him, stop mourning. Oh God, get up. I've moved on from Saul. Now, it was very personal for Samuel, obviously. That was why he was, he was mourning Saul. Because I guess for Samuel, it was a thing of, how could this guy under my watch have become this stupid where did he miss it? And I was, you know how it is, you take things very personal when you feel like your reputation is at stake. I anointed this guy, you know. I anointed him, and yet his head was not very correct. Where did I miss it? So he was mourning essentially, and God says to him, Time to move on. Please go to the house of Jesse and anoint one of his sons. That's the next king of Israel. He gets there, and of course, as we all do, he decides to make a decision. Looks at the first guy and says, it's got to be this one. He's tall, he's, he's well-built, fine boy. Because, 
And let's not blame Prophet Samuel. Samuel was a deep prophet of God. So it's not as though he was very carnal. But I assume that you remember Saul's ordination. Saul was the tallest of everybody. So maybe he thought, yeah, God has a thing for tall and hefty men to rule his people. But anyway, he looks at him and says, it's got to be this one. And God says, no, the way you are seen is not the way I'm seen. Let's not um, do what we did with the first one. Move on. And then eventually, all of Jesus' six sons are checked out and they don't qualify. He then decides to ask, is there someone else? Meanwhile, very interesting that they don't even remember to call David into this. Because I guess in their mind, he's too young, too little, you know, he's, he cannot be in. Anyway, he comes and it is him. Boom. The same day, I want to assume it's the same day because the scripture follow each other. That David was anointed and the spirit of God rested on him was the same day that the spirit of God departed from Saul. The day of David's anointing, there was a transference. There was a transfer of an anointing to lead. There was a transfer of an anointing of a kingly, uh, yeah, I was going to say kingly, priestly, yeah. So kingly anointing, essentially. It departed from Saul, and God, uh, Samuel anointed David. Now, based on research, they say David was a teenager. He was clearly a young boy, probably about 17 years of age when he was anointed king. But very interesting that he does not begin to rule until he's 30. Now the question, how does one wait for 13 years for the manifestation of a promise? And it's a question I want us to consider. It's a, it's a question I want us to think about very well because oftentimes we believe I have been baptized. The hand of God is upon my life. It's time to begin to manifest. Meanwhile, God is saying, no. Yes, I have anointed you for a particular purpose. Yes, my spirit is upon you. I have called you. I have set you apart for an assignment. But I still need for you to learn. I need for you to learn. I need for you to be properly groomed so that you do not embarrass me. And you don't embarrass yourself. So David had to undergo training. But one of the things, every time I read the story of David, and this is 13-year sojourn, because it was not an easy time. It wasn't an easy time of waiting. When you know that clearly you have been called, and you are living with brothers that are not called, and you have a father who is not called and does not even respect the anointing upon your life. Was it not in their presence that they came and poured the oil? Meanwhile, they are still sending you to go and feed the sheep. And they are sending you to go and give your brothers bread. They can't even say you, they, you should lead them to the battle. Not necessarily to go and fight, but because of the anointing, because it would have been evident to everybody. The Bible says that the Spirit of God came upon him. A whole Samuel. In fact, when Samuel showed up, to show you how big of a deal this uh, anointing was, or this ordination, let me call it ordination. When Samuel showed up in the city, 
They were asking him, have you come in peace? Because they know who Samuel is and they all respected him. So that he would go to the house of Jesse and anoint his youngest son was a big deal. Back in those days, you know, they did not have Instagram and all those things. But I'm, I'm, I'm assuming if it was in a day and time now, it would have probably been on Instagram, David anointed, future king, hashtag future king, hashtag the special one, hashtag the anointed, the chosen one, and would have had a ton of hashtags. But that period, nobody cared, apparently. And it's very surprising because Samuel, Saul was, now I want you guys to contrast the two. Saul was anointed in front of everybody. He was even hiding because he didn't want to be anointed. He didn't want to be king. He was a bit reluctant. Poor him. If he had known, he should have just maybe followed this. Whatever spirit was leading him to have just calmed down then and stay hidden. But anyway, here was David. He's, the, the, the Bible doesn't record that he got any special treatment. The only form of special treatment he got was work-related. So by the time the Spirit of God departs from Saul, an evil spirit takes over. And so they needed someone to come and be playing music that will heal the soul of the king and relieve him of his demon possession. There's a lot in this story, and I, I'll encourage you guys to. We can't distill everything now, but please take out time and let the Holy Spirit just brood upon your heart and, as you read the scripture. Because even this, with the story of Saul, how a man can get to a place where literally God lifts his hand off of his life and permits the operations of demonic activity in that man's life is very worrisome. There's a lot to learn from Saul's life. But let's focus on David for tonight. And so they say, oh, let's find you someone who can play the harp. Someone who is gifted, very skilled at it. So that as he's playing, because there is something music does to the soul, hopefully you get some relief. And they identify David. Now, very unrelated, because as at this time, Saul is not aware that David has been anointed king. Remember that Samuel was very hesitant to go and anoint David. And he said to God he didn't want uh, Saul to get to know about it so that he doesn't kill him. And God says to him, don't worry, just go. So he got there and says, he, he, I think it was God that actually said to, David, uh, said to Samuel to say he was going to offer up sacrifices and he should invite Jason. God gave Samuel the strategy for entering you know, that city to go and anoint David. That shows you how they were afraid of Saul. That's not, not God, obviously, but Samuel. And how, people, how the people revered him. So Saul did not know David had been anointed the next king after him. Right while he's still alive, they have anointed his opposition. Well, not opposition, but you get what I mean. But they are, his next, the person, his successor, thank you, his successor. May we not be dethroned without knowing it. Or may we not even be dethroned at all before our time. Because it's, I mean, anyway, I'm not getting into Saul tonight. And so Samuel, um, David is sought out because he's very gifted. David is sought out. They say he, has, he looks very good. He's very skillful. He's a mighty man of valor. He's a man of war. 
this was a CV they were reading out to Saul. Prudent in speech, handsome person. But you see, what trumps all of that, or what, what um, the extra on all of that is that the Lord is with him. Here was little David, a youth, a teenager, essentially. How did the people recognize that God was with him? How did they know that God was with him? I mean, he had, a, he had quite something going, going for him. He was good looking. He was a mighty man of valor. He was, you know, he had all of that stuff. But more importantly, you see, what they had prescribed as the solution to Saul's demon possession was someone who was gifted in playing the harp. But what they then brought forth, the first CV that was submitted, was David's CV. And the extra in there was that God is with him. So you can be gifted. And your gifts would, you know, let me use, for example, uh, music, musicians, with all due respect to Falabi and the band here. When Falabi sings, when Damilare sings, you know, we love it. We are blessed by it. Now, I used to love Michael Jackson. I still do. I love him. And I, I think I've shared here before that I was one of those who, so I wrote Michael Jackson a letter when I was a, a little girl. Not, well, not so little, but yeah, when I knew what he meant to really love. You loved Michael Jackson too, MJ? And I wrote him a letter, and essentially, I remember I can never forget. I never posted that letter, though, because I didn't even know where to send the letter to. But for the longest time, I kept the letter before I eventually, I think when he passed was when I tore the letter or something ridiculous. But anyway, I wrote that letter, pouring out my heart. Not that I loved him, but I wanted him to be born again, honestly. It hurt me so bad that he was not, because Michael Jackson, and there's some of his songs that does my heart one kind. And then when you're watching this movie, you just see girls just fainting and just go on to what they are running on stage. They want to go and hug him. They are carrying them out. They are crying. They are... Guys, I don't know about you, but I see all of that and I'm like, if you were just born again. Because right now, what you are doing is what some pastors are praying for. They are praying for, I'm telling you, they are praying to have this kind of, as they are preaching and praying, people are just falling under the power. They are just crying and they are just wailing and just loving God and all of that. And you just have it like that because of your music. And I know it's not just him. There are people, there, there are some of these other musicians too. I've seen their video. And I mean, Justin Bieber. And you, you know how young girls are with Justin Bieber and all of that stuff. There's, sorry? Now, well, I'm talking about when he didn't know God. When he didn't know God and he was be singing all those other. Let me not start singing them here. But anyway, <laughs> these people, the, uh, the amount of impact that they have because of their music. How many of you know Yanni? What he does with his, his uh, what do you call that thing that he plays? His flute. It's beautiful. There are people that do, you know, I, I heard Christine Kane say something. Say, look, if you want goosebumps, you don't need to come to church to have goosebumps. Just go to a very good music concert. You will get goosebumps. And it's true. 
I'm not, I'm sure if I ask some of you to help me out with the local ones we have here that you listen to and you get goosebumps for, I may I don't know them like that, but yeah, you can. Maybe all them, Olamide and, the, and David, Davido or whatever. Uh -huh. oh. <laughs> Davido, 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 whatever. But you get the point. Now, you see, you can be gifted. And people will fall under whatever power it is that, you know, is available. The power of your music. That's a good performance. But when you are anointed, you minister. You minister life. And that was what was required for Saul. It was a ministration, not a performance. Now, I've used the example of music. But I want us to translate that into our respective roles. Whatever it is we do, whatever giftings that we, we have, whatever call of God is upon our lives, whatever, it, whatever talents and abilities, you are great with numbers. You are not that gifted to go and what, be doctoring books and be the, 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 what, what, the star, star boy or star girl of your company when they are trying to cover the errors and the fraud of the organization is you they look out for. I know these things happen, guys. Remember I spoke about the detour? Mm-hmm. So, but there is what the anointing of God does. There is what the presence of the Holy Spirit does in the life of a gifted man or woman. And that was what was required for Saul. And so David showed up. His CV made it in. Why? Because the Lord was with him. And so when David would play, it was not a performance. It was that Saul will be healed. He would play and Saul will be relieved. Fast forward, we then see little David, whose father, you know, was probably wondering, hmm, this Samuel that just came and poured oil on your head and said you will be the next king of Israel when Saul is still alive. Let's be watching now. Sends him to go and find, how, uh, find out how his brother is doing, when, or how his brothers are doing when they were at battle with Goliath. And he gets there. I don't know how many of you read that story and you wonder, David picked five stones. Why didn't the others think about picking stones? It was not about the stones. It wasn't about the stones. It was about the person who was picking those stones. Because those stones, what is the stone in the hand of a child? It's a toy, right? Or it's a plaything, yeah? Usually it's a plaything. It's not a weapon of mass destruction. But how a stone becomes a nuke, for example. How a stone becomes what takes out the enemy. It's not about the stone. Because if it was about the stones, the others should have picked up stones. But the stone, like P.I. said, in the hands of a trained soldier is not the same as the stone in the hands of a, an anointed soldier or an anointed person. David wasn't trained for battle. He clearly wasn't trained for battle because if he was, they would have drafted him in. 
He was an armor. He became an armor bearer to Saul because Saul fell in love with him. He loved him. He, he was grateful for the relief he always enjoyed. So he wanted David closer because he recognized. Now, he did not know, but he recognized that this is a different species. This is a special person. And as such, I needed to have him close. So he made a request to his father. Please, can he be my armor bearer? Now, in Proverbs, is it 16, 18 now, or 18, 16? I'm not sure. It says, the, the gifts of a man makes room for him and brings him before great men. That is what the gifts of God in the life of So when you're gifted, you can sing, you can dance, you can rap, you can, you, you can, you are fantastic with numbers, you can act, you can think, you solve problems. When you're gifted like that, people will seek you out. Your gifts will make room for you. But when you are anointed on top of that gifting, you are unstoppable. You have become an extraordinary person that, yes, people will start to seek you out. But beyond that, there is ministry happening. There is life that you are giving, life that is flowing out of you. Because you recognize that you are not who you are by your own design. You recognize that you are not who you are by your own choosing or making. You recognize that the hand of God is upon your life and as such you cannot be anyhow. And if we go through, we don't have enough time to, to, to distill this story of David very well, but please go read it up until 2 Samuel chapter 5. He eventually becomes a king at the age of 30, the king of Israel. But it was not an easy journey in, that, in those 13 years. Saul began to chase him, began to, because when he took out the enemy, I mean, it's kind of like, please guys, give me examples. Who and who fighting now? I don't want to use our current political terrain. <laughs> that's treading dangerous grounds but yeah we, so for let me tell you for want of like for for example hoping nobody here will get offended so this, this is just an analogy it's kind of like pastor who i should use something else I, nothing is coming to mind let me use the one that is coming to my mind so kind of like if fella had become president had won buhari and atiku because I hope you guys know that this elections was really just between APC and PDP. So we all know, yeah? Yeah, just, just saying. Mm-hmm, exactly. So, that was kind of like what it was. This was David from nowhere, no pedigree, no fighting skills. Who trained him? Who was his commander? Under which, which, which regiment or whatever did he, did he train? Nobody knew him. Beyond the fact that he had been anointed and the spirit of God was upon him. So he knew what to do at that point in time. He stepped up into a situation that was of national security and national importance. And he knew what to do. And he worked with tools that he had been in the back of the desert working with in his day-to-day -day operations. Scripture says that God always takes the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And it was very deliberate. When, God said, when Saul said to him, okay, take my armor and wear. If David had used that armor, he would have embarrassed God. Because it was not familiar grounds. He said it himself, I have not tested this. So he went with what he was used to. When the lion and the bear came, what he used in defeating them. 
So the Holy Spirit always empowers us. He gives us strategies for success. That is his responsibility. He makes us shine. Why? Because John chapter, I think it's 16 verse 12, says that he will not glorify himself. That is the Holy Spirit. He will take of what is Jesus's. He will take of what is mine and make it known. He recognizes that it's not my agenda. It is God's agenda ultimately. And as such, it inspires our hearts in the direction of the will and the agenda and the plans of God. So it was not a coincidence that J.C., who thought that he was just doing his fatherly duties by asking David to go and check out the welfare of his brothers, sent him on that errand. Because God's name needed to be glorified. The children of Israel needed to win that battle. And it was not up to Saul because Saul had lost it. He had missed it a long time ago. He did not know that it was just a figurehead. And so it was of extreme importance that God would bring David out of obscurity and position him. So here is the last point that I want to land with. And it is that the Holy Spirit, one of his primary responsibilities also is to empower us. To make us fit for purpose. To make us fit for the assignment of the Father. And he does this by counseling us, by guiding us, by leading us, by instructing our hearts. So when he nudges us and impresses upon us to do certain things, it is of extreme importance that we obey, even when it doesn't look like it makes sense. Because that's the realm of faith. One of my mentors was saying to me sometime last week, he said, we Christians, we operate in three dimensions. We operate in the dimension of, or there are three dimensions, and we typically operate in one of them, mostly. We operate in the dimension of, oh, sorry, one is the things that we understand. The second is the things that we think we understand. And the third place is the things that we don't understand. And he was saying to me that, look, the ideal place for a child of God to operate is, is in this third place. He said, because every time we seek to understand first before we act, we defy the principles of faith. So, it didn't make sense that David would use five stones and one sling. Why didn't he use two? Why didn't he pick ten? Why did he have to select five? Abby, how many stones did he pick? Was it five? Five, yeah. It didn't make any sense. But he went ahead and did that. Now, another thing that I need us to understand is that the, Holy, the presence of the Holy Spirit in us should make us better. We should constantly be improving. Our character should be built. You cannot have the Holy Spirit indwelling in you and you stay the same year in, year out. There is a problem. It's either that you are not listening to the Holy Spirit. You are not obeying the instructions. You are not you know, giving him room to operate in your life if you stay the same. Especially in your character. Now we see David here 
How did little David, how did young teenage David, you know, his brother said something to him when he was asking him a simple question. He said, I know that is the insolence of your heart and your pride that is worrying you. And the boy vexed and said, but what are you doing? What's going on here? And then moved on to someone else to ask the same question and then got clarification. Because he was on a mission, he knew that he was an aberration for Goliath, a heathen, to defy the name and the army of Jehovah God. And it needed to be addressed. Kingdom assignment was paramount on the heart of David. It was of extreme importance to protect and preserve the name and the image of God. And so it was almost as though he went foolishly without thinking. He did not consider his size. He, did, he didn't think about his age. He didn't even look at all the qualified soldiers ahead of him. The zeal of God consumed him. The zeal to protect the name of God consumed him. And so he acted. I believe it was because he had the spirit of God in him. And there was an assignment to be done at that point in time. And so he rose up to the occasion. Now, his journey, you would see how Saul attempted to kill him several times and all of that. But one question keeps coming. Why did David not kill Saul when he had the opportunities? Because he did have opportunities to kill Saul. But he didn't. Despite the fact that he knew very well that Saul was after his life. Despite the fact that all he had to work with in comparison with Saul that had an entire army and had deployed the resources of the army of Israel to kill one boy. All he had to work with at some point in his journey was 400 distressed men in debt, dejected, almost as though they were the condemned, you know, the rejects. They were the ones who came to him. There must have been something about David that attracted these kinds of men to him. The people who were broken, the people who were, you know, who, who, who needed comforting, came to young David, who needed counsel, who needed, they just needed a place where they could feel loved and accepted. They came to him, they gravitated towards him. Let's not ever get to the place where we think that we are more than the giver of the gift that we are carrying. David recognized that he was who he was because God made him so. And as such, he chose to obey God at every point in time. And so we see that even when someone kills Saul at battle, David weeps. The guy comes to him bearing good news in his mind. Wanting to come and celebrate and say, ah, I was the one who took out the opposition on your behalf, sir. Hoping that he would get, you know, a promotion or, you know, be invited to sit at the table with David and be one of his right-hand men because you have finally solved my problem of over 10 years. But unfortunately, it wasn't to be. He, he orders that the guy should be put to death. He said, how dare you touch the anointed of God? David recognized that it was not in his place. He did not ordain Saul. He had no right to take him out. Despite the fact that Saul was constantly after his life. 
So the Holy Spirit helps us with our character. He builds us and makes us fit for purpose. He helps us see things from the perspective of Jesus. He helps us recognize that it's not, it's not our way. It's not the way of the world. It's God's way or nothing. So I don't know where it is that you are. I don't know what it is that has been committed into your hands. I don't know what gifts that you have. Would you let the Holy Spirit guide you in the actualization of God's plans? Would you allow him help you to fully express the life of God that is in you? Would you invite him to journey with you so that you stay empowered and you stay on top? So that you can be extra and not just live an ordinary life? Because there is a seed in each and every one of us. I always say that. Nobody is here by chance. Nobody is on the face of this earth. But there is something that you are required that is required of you. God is not a waste of resources. If he did not need you, he would not have created you. I tell you that for free, and it's the truth. If you were not relevant to his purpose and his agenda, either in your family, in your place of work, wherever, he would not have made you. So would you ask the Holy Spirit to help you? Open your eyes to see what it is that you have been called to. Enlighten your hearts. And more importantly, build your character. Because it is not enough to just be gifted. It's not enough to even just be anointed that you are laying hands on people and they are falling down left, right, and center. That you can raise the dead and you are a person of character. Uh, uh, you, you lack character. That when a leadership test comes, you will fail and, and, and fall flat. David journeyed. He endured the process. That is what the Holy Spirit helps us. He helps us persevere. He helps us persevere. He helps us endure the process so that we come out refined. Shall we begin to pray in the Spirit? If you have a prayer language, just begin to talk to God. Begin to talk to God tonight. Begin to talk to God. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Begin to take, pray in the Holy Ghost because I've said different things and it applies to us in different ways. It applies to us differently. But a good place to begin to pray is just to allow the Holy Spirit pray through you. But that's one of the things that he does. You might be here and you are thinking, I'm not even sure. I'm not sure. Spirit of the living God, I'm not sure what exactly needs to be fixed in me. But I know that I am not optimizing this life that you have given to me. I'm, I'm not fully maximizing it. I'm not. At the moment, things don't seem to be making sense. A good place to start is just praying the Spirit. Re ba 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 ka suta libra do shaka de kediande sete. 
If you need empowerment tonight, would you begin to request the Holy Spirit to empower you, to fill you with power? Peter was filled with power. He became another man. Because the presence of the Holy Spirit in the life of a man must be evident. It must be evident. You must, your life must manifest the fruits of the nature of the, of the life of Christ. You must be full of love. You must be full of joy. Goodness, self-control. If you are still struggling with little sins, with besetting sins, masuda would you begin to pray tonight? Would you begin to pray tonight that beyond the gifts, that you want a manifestation of the fruit of the nature of Jesus? You want to love like Him. You want to be full of joy. Grace to endure the process. Grace to trust God. Grace to wait on Him. That as He leads you, you are patiently abiding, patiently following, patiently being led. What kind of spirit did David have? So much so that his enemy, the one that sought his life, he, would, he had countless opportunities to take him out, but he would choose. He would choose God's will over his own. He would choose God's will over his own. Even when his, his um, soldiers were telling him, would you kill him now? You have an opportunity. He's right here before you. But he would choose God's will over his own, over the dictates of his flesh. Would you begin to talk to God tonight? God, I will honor you with my life. I will honor you with my life. I will honor you with the works of my hands. I would honor you with the fruits of my lips. I would honor you with my gifts, my talents, my abilities. The help of the Holy Spirit is available tonight for whoever is in need. The help of the Holy Spirit is available tonight for whoever is desirous of it. Would you begin to ask the Holy Spirit to help you? Begin to call those situations. Begin to call them where you need wisdom. The Bible says that if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. Let him ask because the Lord gives liberally without finding fault. Would you begin to make a demand tonight for wisdom? Would you begin to ask for wisdom? Where do you need the help of the Holy Spirit? Are there particular character traits that, need to be, that you need to drop? Would you ask God tonight to help you? Would you ask the Holy Spirit to help you be better? Would you ask for a refinement of your character? Would you ask for strength to be built in your character? In the name of Jesus. If you need help to pray, would you ask the Holy Spirit to pray through you? Would you ask him to anoint your lips and grant you utterance? 
Would someone begin to ask the consuming fire of the Holy Ghost to begin to consume everything that is not of God in you? Everything that is not of God in you. Everything that has not been designed by God that finds expression in your life at the moment. Would you begin to ask the fire of the Holy Ghost to consume it? In the name of Jesus. There was something about David's life. Bible says in the book of Psalm 78. That within, for the, with the integrity of his heart and the skillfulness of his hands, David led, he shepherded the sheep. He took care of the pregnant sheep uh, that, that was pregnant with young. Would you begin to ask tonight? Bible speaks about the integrity of his heart. God is always constantly looking at the heart of a man before making him, uh, putting him in a position of leadership. Would you ask that tonight your heart will be right? Would you ask the Lord for, to, to reveal you to you, to help you in those areas of your life that need help in the name of Jesus, that your heart will be right with your Father? Because that is where it starts from fundamentally. It is the state of the heart. The state of the heart determines the positioning. Would you begin to speak to God tonight about the state of your heart? There, was the, there, there is something that David knew about Jehovah God that probably his brothers did not know. Hey, Someone needs to begin to pray for light, light, light to begin to shine. That you would understand God, the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know him, to know Jesus, to know him, to live for him, to walk in his ways. More than you are constantly doing, more than you are currently doing. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. One last prayer and then we'll wrap up. So in First uh, Corinthians chapter 2, seven, verse 7, it says that, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Uh, verse 10 says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of, him, of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual the Passion Translation of that um, verse 13 says, and we articulate these realities. 
Because before then he has told us that I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him, for you and I. So we articulate these realities with the words. Now, I hasn't seen it. has not come into manifestation yet. Ears haven't heard. They've not heard about it. It's, you know, it's a, the mind cannot fathom it out. But we articulate with our words. We articulate these realities with words imparted to us by the Holy Spirit and not with the words taught by human wisdom. Because, you see, the human wisdom cannot articulate the realities of the Spirit. The things that have not been seen, the things that have not been experienced, the things that God has written concerning you cannot be articulated by mere human words. We articulate these realities, these spiritual realities, we articulate them. Because as we speak in the spirit, as we make these utterances, we give life to them and so we experience a manifestation of them. But we experience that manifestation first in the realm of the spirit. So I want us to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost tonight. Just pray in the spirit concerning the things that God has spoken, con spoken to you. He's promises to you, the things that he has written concerning you, that with your eyes you would, you would see them. Begin to speak in the Holy Ghost. If you have a prayer language, begin to pray in the Spirit, and he will begin to grant you utterance. He will grant you utterance as you speak in the Spirit, as you pray in the Holy Ghost tonight. You will find yourself making specific declarations concerning your future husband, concerning your future wife, concerning your children, concerning your job, concerning your business. You will start to make those manifestations concerning your nation, concerning your industry, where you are positioned and where you will be positioned. Concerning the call of God upon your life, concerning the gifts that he has blessed you with, we articulate these realities with words imparted to us by the Holy Spirit. Lebrando koso teke yando kose i kalibaliendo koso te ba 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 mande kubra de kese te libro do koso de ke media kasat elebosh manda kaya ba 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 sopo kete ke ebo koso te be unto us according to your word, my father. Be unto us makole kesi taya leke ando koso taya ba kasata de ke ba kusate de let your will be done no kose kelebo shaya re ba 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 boseke toli brade nehi malike se toli brado koso neke. Someone here is treading the path of increase. I don't know what that is to you, but you are treading the path of increase. Your walk with God is deepening. You are moving from ankle deep to knee deep. You are moving from knee deep to waist deep. You are submerged in the rivers of the Spirit of God, flowing over you, flowing over you, flowing over you. May son de kele kesetaya. Mare kesete lebo koso toye kedie bo 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 reba ba 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 kasata kalebo koshende keye le kaliba roso tonde keye shaliba kosote na huza kaliba na kaya la kosote yekerebosha. Someone's hands have been anointed tonight. Someone's hands have been anointed tonight. That as you lay on the sick, they recover. Mare kesaliba roke soto yekere. 
and your heart is stayed. Your heart is stayed, is steady before God. Because you recognize that you are not the giver. You are not the healer. Someone is receiving the spirit of boldness and confidence to speak about their salvation, to speak about their faith, to boldly declare their faith. Someone is receiving creative ideas. Creative ideas to expand the kingdom of God here on earth, to advance it, to advance it. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for tonight. We just give you praise. Thank you, Lord, for the things that you have done. Like Mary, we say, be it unto us according to your word. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen, amen. Would you celebrate Jesus tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.